0: We're on a mission from God. Wendy. So I got that going. Darling. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. Light of my life.
1: We enjoy your films. I am a human. I thought they
0: smelled bad. On the outside.
1: Welcome to Vintage Video, where we're re-watching the 80s so you don't have to. We'll be reviewing every major film release of the 1980s in real time, overanalyzing what you've seen and spoiling what you haven't. I'm Patrick O'Reilly.
0: I'm Jesse Bayless. And I'm Richard
1: Wells. And today marks the 40th anniversary of the release of Gloria on October 1st, 1980. It was written and directed by John Cassavetes and released by Columbia Pictures. The film was originally titled One Summer Night, which I assume was changed to avoid seeming like grease or some other kind of like
0: summer sex comedy
1: yeah the role of the kid was written specifically for ricky schroeder an mgm contracted child actor but when schroeder left to do other projects mgm dropped the script and cassavetes took it to columbia the studio not the country (laughs) he originally intended just to sell the script (laughs) but when barbara streisand turned down the role his wife gina rollins was cast in the lead and she asked him to direct, which he did not want to do. Seymour Cassell wanted to play the role of the father, but lost out to Buck Henry.
0: Which, which is weird, like, that he was like, I really want to play this role of this character who exists for five minutes. Yeah.
1: But Buck Henry does a good job with it. Um, it was later remade by Sidney Lamette, starring Sharon Stone in 1999, and is a clear influence on later films like Kurt Wimmer's Ultraviolet and Luc Besson's Leon the Professional. Rollins received an Academy Award nomination for her performance, and John Adams, credited here as Juan Adams, who played the kid, tied with Sir Lawrence Olivier for the Worst Supporting Actor Razzie. <laughs> Is that fair to nominate a child for a Razzie?
0: Only if you pair him with Laurence Olivier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess that does make it sting less. If you're sharing it with Sir Laurence Olivier. But still, like, that's kind of shitty. That
2: is kind of rough. I
1: mean, the whole idea of the Razzies is kind of shitty, but yeah. to give it to a child actor in his first performance, and as a result, his IMDb page is one movie long, it just seems shitty.
2: Well, I mean, I don't think that that's the reason why his... I
1: wouldn't be surprised.
2: Well, I, I I would also imagine that he probably didn't have a terribly great time doing this movie. No,
1: maybe not. A sequel tentatively titled Gloria 2 was composed by Cassavetes, also starring wife Gina Rollins, but it was never made. The film opens with a watercolor title sequence, the work of Romery Bearden, who was the internationally recognized dean of Black America Artists, Looking into the artist's work, I was a little confused to see an older white guy who somehow (laughs) held the title of Dean of Black America Artists, but he's also a founding member of a Harlem-based art group known as The Spiral, and it was formed to discuss the responsibilities of African-American artists in the civil rights movement.
0: Now, after reading that artwork was done by this gentleman, I thought for sure I was going to see a lot more of it, in the movie <laughs> not nope just the title just sequence. the title sequence but also all.
2: doesn't relate to anything about the movie nope which seems not, kind not of especially
1: yeah it's uh, a strange choice
0: it was also a concern in the opening titles of wardrobe and dresses provided by for, for i was like oh great <laughs> that's more that's the most important thing about this movie is yeah. the wardrobe yeah so i was not holding high hopes for for anything <laughs> from this movie
1: at that point we see the city at night and we sink down to street level To follow a bus past Yankee Stadium to the home of the Dawns. Jerry Dawn stands on the bus with her groceries and falls to the floor when the bus slams to a stop. Moving inside the building, she finds her path blocked multiple times by seemingly unrelated strangers, the first of which walks backwards up the stairs in front of her, and the second of which stands in the way of the closing elevator doors on her floor, just letting them slam into his chest repeatedly until Jerry gives up and pushes past him. From you. jerry is panicked by the time she gets into her apartment and her husband jack seems similarly crazed
2: but the the guys that she passed for the most part weren't out to get her right
1: they're just crazy people that were yeah. in the building
2: yeah i mean there, there might be some guys looking for her but but these, these aren't that. the guys he, yeah
1: he asks her if all the bags are packed and she confirms that they are and she's about to make dinner Jack tells her there's no time for that, and then she asks why she bothered to get all these groceries if they're going to leave. Jack asks if she saw anyone on the way into the building, and she's too panicked to answer the question sensibly. A man. What kind of man? A man. With a shirt. What kind of shirt? The shirt with shoes. It's like, were there shoes on the shirt? (laughs) In the lobby, a group of mobsters convene. Apparently one of them's late because he took a wrong turn, and he's carrying two large briefcases presumably to smuggle out body parts well um, he also Bring
0: in said, guns yeah he also
1: says don't blow yourself up when he hands them to him i was like oh, okay i was
0: like are they explosives but i don't see any explosives used
1: yeah back in the apartment jerry asks jack how they know anything and how they know about the kids especially we will come to learn that jack works as a bookkeeper for the mob and stupidly mentioned to someone that he has been privately keeping track of information to fall back on if he ever needed leverage They know he has kids from the pictures in his wallet i don't know why they were looking at his wallet but they did turns out they're leaving right this second but their stubborn daughter locks herself in the bathroom frustrated with the situation suddenly there's a knock at the door but it's not the mob it's their neighbor gloria looking for coffee it's gloria hi ran out of coffee come in come in out of the whole hurry they usher her into the apartment and gloria is perturbed by all the guns they're holding jerry tells gloria that they are marked by the mob and that she has to take the kids for them gloria is less than excited i don't like kids i hate kids especially yours (laughs) (laughs) jerry tells gloria what's going on not only is jack keeping the books but he's also talking with the fbi and has been skimming so everybody in the apartment is now a target gloria agrees to take the kids but they can only get one of them right now because the daughter is still locked in the bathroom
2: i do like that we established right off the bat that she has basically no maternal instinct whatsoever Mm -hmm. like from this conversation we can establish that even though these children's lives are clearly in danger she still doesn't want to take them
1: yeah they've said basically that this character was just modeled off of a humphrey bogart type which is why she's wearing the trench coat in the first place that she just comes in and is just a neighbor who has no interest in helping these people in general Jack is reluctant to hand over his son but eventually sees no other option and sends the kid away with the book of valuable information that the mob intends to collect. I feel like if he cared that, as much about keep the him kid, safe, yeah. Right? yeah, I feel like if he cared as much about keeping the kid alive as he does about money, he would have propped the book up on a table in the kitchen with a bunch of signs pointing to it like here's the book with all the crimes, take it and it most kill us, my kids don't know shit. Yeah but instead he tucks everything the mob is here for into his son's hands and then rushes him away to Gloria's apartment. Listen to me. Listen to me. This book will save your life. It's the Bible. It's everything I know about everything in the world. Understand? It's your future. Okay? (laughs) On my first pass, I was like, is this literally the Bible? Is he that religious that he's like (laughs) trying to instill Christianity in his kid on the way out?
2: Yeah, it just, it seems really odd to me. Like you say, like, he knows that they will pursue his kid to get this book back right. so why would you why would you do that i mean yes it's leverage but
1: is not, this kid to
2: a six-year-old Yeah.
1: <laughs> gloria doesn't know anything about it so she's not gonna be using it to like get a leg up on these people who jack doesn't even know are friends of hers
0: what i thought was gonna be the the end of this was that the book had the account numbers for the money he's been skimming so he needs to have that, so he can get the account, to get the money from the from all the money that his father's been hoarding away. Sure, but that isn't the case. It, it's literally just some kind of books, and and the, the, someone will ask Gloria later, "Did you read the book? Like, is it a narrative? Like, what do you what do you mean? <laughs> like, I'm assuming it's like, says, yeah, a, yeah, I, I, got I memorized, memorized
2: all of the uh, the accounts and everything. I, I
0: imagine it's just a ledger of some kind. Yeah, yeah like, it's, it's just like, a
1: list of names and numbers, basically. Yeah. It's it's bribes and. You know, payment plans for all these people they're connected to but that's not useful to phil the kid here mm-hmm. yeah. he really should be giving the book to gloria and telling her what it is because she's an adult and can actually make some use of it potentially if he trusts her with the kid he should be able to trust her with these mob secrets but on his way out the door uh, jack tries to instill in his son that he's a man now and that he needs to be his own man moving forward
0: be a man always be tough don't
2: trust anybody understand don't don't trust anybody but go with this woman lady i really need to go with her right now but don't trust her <laughs> what yeah.
1: gloria manages to drag phil back to her apartment but he's not much for conversation jack calls gloria's apartment to speak with phil again and to remind him that he is the man of the house uh, while phil speaks with his father gunshots ring out from the apartment below Bill seems to know exactly what happened but he goes into the same rigid manner of speaking that Ricky Schroeder adopted in the wake of his parents death in the earthling earlier this year my father poppy I hate
2: you 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 stupid person
0: you're pig
1: downstairs the mob searches the apartment vigorously it's really dumb that they didn't just leave this book there for them to find yeah. like they wouldn't have even checked to see where your kids were they would have forgotten that you had kids if you just left the book there
2: well i don't know if that's true because later they make a point of we have to make an example of this family mm-hmm. make- I, th-
1: I think he said we had to make an example of this family like we already killed the family
2: yeah yeah yeah. we had to make an example of it but if you let one go people are gonna think you're loose you know on, losing on your touch or- on people who are skimming off the top
1: right but if nobody knows that you let the kid go then it's fine and if gloria and this kid go to another town under different names then who gives a shit
2: well everybody knew that that they didn't kill the kid because it was all over the papers
1: oh okay that's true
2: yeah
0: uh there's like you said before that a lot of other movies like took up some things from this movie yeah. one one of the things that i liked was this the scene that's coming up when they're rummaging through the apartment, and some lady down the hall goes, "Hey, you know the police are coming," and a guy just fires a shot down to the hallway yeah. there, because uh, that same scene happens in, in Leon, in Leon with yeah. Gary Oldman out in the hallway when he <laughs> shoots at this little old lady. Bring me everyone. What do you mean um, everyone? Everyone. But, but then this is like another great leap of logic. While all this is going on, while they're going through the apartment, while the police are coming in. This is when Gloria decides to take the kid out of the building. Yeah, I yeah. don't
2: understand that either. I don't um. get it. Yeah. That was that was my main complaint right at the front of this is like, I don't why is she leaving? Just hang out. Why would they ever look in your apartment for this kid?
0: Right. Yeah. They have no reason to suspect that that you have him, that you are even in the
1: building.
2: I mean, I guess at this point though, we don't know that she's associated with the mob at all. Right. So,
1: but we also don't, I guess we don't see it until on the way out that the other neighbors see her dragging this kid down the hall. Uh, that they might have been like, oh yeah, true. she took the right. kid. Just but but I think that, skins. I think she only sees the other neighbors when they're leaving, not on the way to her place.
2: Yeah. I don't know. But, but, you know, knowing what we don't know yet. Yeah. That she is associated with the mob. They, they might have come and asked her, hey, did you see anything? And, you know, looked for the kid in her place. Just
1: Maybe. Because. Yeah gloria's surprisingly straightforward with the kid about most stuff though she's for some reason deciding to treat the death of his entire family as if it were a dream like she tells him oh just think of it like a nightmare that you'll you'll wake it up from it eventually like don't don't worry about that right now i guess because she just needs him to function yeah so she needs him to not think about what happened she admits she has no idea what to do with this kid because he's just the neighbor's kid she doesn't really have any responsibility to him someone down the hall from the mobsters tries to reprimand them explaining the police are on their way but they just shoot at the person to shut them up uh the bigger guy from this mob crew has a very mike star energy to him yeah which is perfect because that's who lumet cast to play the part in the remake oh okay
2: <laughs> that makes sense i haven't seen that one but yeah. i was thinking that when i was watching this
1: gloria starts packing up clothes to leave when phil tells her he's gonna go home and she says what for you want to see a bunch of bodies they leave together but it seems like a mistake to move through the building right now. Give it a few hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the kid is screaming for his poppy all the way down the stairwell, and the neighbors just kind of shake their heads at them. On the way down, Gloria reminds him that nothing bad is actually happening. They bump into a cop who insists she get the kid out of the building, and she obliges. At the door to the lobby, another cop stops her, and she says, that cop told me to take him out of here. He's like, okay, yeah, get out of here. Gloria tries to punch out a photographer on her way out because she doesn't want pictures of the kid in the paper.
2: Yep. Yep because that's evidence that he survived this yep and that she's with him
1: right and she rushes the kid to a taxi they move across town to a really nice apartment i don't know what this place is
0: um because she comes in and she she always thinks someone's home yeah because she says what a slob and so i'm i'm assuming it's someone she knows or it's an apartment that she's renting out to somebody
1: i kept thinking it would become clear who this apartment belongs to yeah but it never really does and they come back here later Mm -hmm. but here we don't know who's who lives here or what's going on they lay head to foot in a big round bed there to get some sleep in the morning she cooks them breakfast or tries to she burns the eggs and then throws the whole pan away gloria says she's gonna hop in the shower and instructs phil not to answer the phone and to stay away from windows when he agrees she steps away and we cut to the kid running full speed down the street and stealing a newspaper about the death of his family Back at the apartment, Gloria watches the news story about the murder-slash-kidnapping, realizing that she will probably be held accountable for some deaths, or at least charged with them. Outside, she finds Phil leaning on the radiator, depressed. He tells her they're splitting up now because he's the man. They sneak past some mobsters down the stairs and start running down the side street, and a few taxis ignore them.
0: Yeah, there's a really weird... She tries to hail a taxi, and the camera... The taxi doesn't stop, yeah. but the camera follows the taxi, and it follows it for, like, another good five seconds, and I was like, "Was why are, we it, this? why are we watching this taxi? Was this someone that we are supposed to know, or, because it's like, just keeps following it, and then it cuts back to them. It's like, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> what was that about?
1: And Phil's starting to get freaked out here, and he won't let go of Gloria. She admits to him that she knows the men who killed his family, and that they're friends of hers, and very quickly she's realizing what a crazy situation she's gotten herself into and she's like you know what kid just get get away from me go you find other family that you can stay with just get away from me you have friends you have relatives somewhere and she says i can't even turn you into the cops because i would just be arrested like i'm a suspect in this now and yeah, i'm friends with these killers
2: but i still think that that's like a, a weird choice here because i think there's ways to, to get, drop the kid to off at a to get him station. into protective custody with. Without her getting, you know, yeah. arrested.
1: But maybe she knows that the people that they're dealing with in particular have tendrils into. That's possible. The department.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: That, that was that was my my thinking was that there's nowhere safe that he could go, um, but I'm assuming that if you take him to the FBI, who
1: have been communicating. Who've been Jack. communicating? Like, I should have been providing protective custody already. Yeah,
0: exactly. So if he's talking to the FBI and the mobsters don't like that, then clearly they don't have anyone in the FBI, right? To be to act as a as a misinformation person, right? So then take him to an FBI location. That would make sense with the book that they want anyway.
1: Suddenly, the mobsters skid up in a car, and they tell Gloria that they just want the kid and the book, and that's all they need and she says what are you going to do shoot a six-year-old puerto rican kid on the street he don't know nothing they don't answer and they don't seem concerned at all as she starts shuffling through her purse probably expecting her to hand over the book but instead she produces a gun and fires five shots into the car as it skids off down the road colliding with a parked one and flipping completely upside down in the street And then she hails a cab and immediately asks for a quick ride. <laughs> the cab driver's like, oh, man, did you see that accident up there? She's like, yeah, we don't care about accidents. Get out of here. <laughs> she parks the kid on the sidewalk with her bag, and she heads into a nearby bank to empty her safe deposit box.
0: This, this whole scene was really awkward, too. Like, uh, she walks up to the bank teller and says, I want to take all my money out of the bank. And...
1: so Well, you'll have to talk to her. Representative. Yeah. Okay, bye.
0: And then when she gets the safe to the deposit box uh you know again usually like they would leave you alone and not know what the contents are right but she's, she just yells can i be alone with my money this is like wh- you're making an awful lot of attention here yeah yeah
1: but uh she pulls everything out of this box that's got jewelry and cash and she's basically planning on living on this life savings that was in this box They get on a bus together, Gloria and the kid, and she recognizes a man in the back row. He tells her that she's got to be crazy, that she hurt a few people, and she doesn't really care what this guy has to say. She gets off the bus and drags the kid into a fancy hotel, and they claim they don't have a room available.
2: It seems like word is spreading really quick, and I realize that it's Mm. a mob, but it's also 1980, and there's not cell phones and stuff, so it just seems like, how is news traveling so fast around here?
1: But it's also possible that these people were all intentionally following her or told to be in places that she might be and that's why Mm -hmm. she keeps bumping into them
0: did you guys ever see uh 16 blocks no no Um, is bruce willis bruce willis most deaf and david morris and it's it's richard donner which is probably like the last really good movie he did
1: where they're trying to move a witness yeah across town
0: yeah it's he's trying to get the witness and it's his old beat and bruce willis was was a corrupt cop and he he's trying to do something right yeah but so he's trying to uses contacts and people he knows and routes he knows through the town and David Morse also worked at this beat and is always like one step just behind him, think thinking like him. And it kind of reminded me and of Morse that. is the bad guy. Yeah.
1: So it's kind of like Night of the Juggler and Dan Hadea is the Morse character.
0: Kind of, yeah. And so it kind of reminded me of that in the sense that she's going to every place that she would go and they all know yeah. where she would go. Right. Yeah. Um I don't uh there's another weird part here. They have the newspaper with the kid's picture. And she keeps looking at the kid and his hair, and it's just like, yeah, cut his hair, yeah, change Change his clothes. clothes. He's wearing the same clothes the entire movie. Yeah, Yeah. make
2: him blonde. He—they're looking for a little Puerto Rican kid. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, you're not really disguising yourself very well either, lady.
1: Although she did bring a bunch of changes of clothes for herself. Mm -hmm. Well, she does. I I guess I
2: won't get to the end of the movie, but I'm just like. She could she could be yeah. disguising herself she now. She's had the
1: option the whole time. <laughs> they take a few buses and trains to the wrong side of the tracks and duck into a flop house for two fifty a night. They have a very weird conversation before they go to sleep on this tiny mattress. Yeah. The kid's trying to tell her something, but the most we get out of him is have you ever been in love? And she says, Forget it, kid, I outweigh you by sixty pounds, and she pushes him out of the bed to the floor.
2: Forget it. I outweigh you sixty pounds. Don't leave me alone.
1: But I don't know what he was trying to say to her because she basically interrupted his point.
2: I mean it comes up frequently in this movie where he says unusual stuff like that, like She's his girlfriend. You're my girlfriend and yeah. and, and and things like that. It's unusual. And I, I get that he's trying to I think be more adult right now and right. be like his father and be the man, but it just it just comes off
0: as odd and creepy. Or when she says, Look at your body, it's a pleasure to be in bed with you. Yeah. And I was like, my note was what the fuck is up with this conversation
1: (laughs) (laughs) the next morning gloria tells phil that they're headed to pittsburgh but they have to make a quick stop at a cemetery to give phil a chance to say goodbye it's not his family's headstones obviously uh this is the day after they were killed she's just inviting him to speak to the dead in general to say goodbye to his loved ones the kid rushes through a quick goodbye slash prayer to his family and they jump in another taxi to get them out of town
2: i realize that this is like supposed to be therapeutic for him and right. h- and help him process what's happening. But I feel like we have more pressing things to do right now. Right. There's there's some urgency to getting out of town. So maybe we work on therapy later.
1: Yeah. And he also like rushes through it so quick that it feels like he's doing it out of obligation because she told him to do it. Right. Not because he actually had right. anything to he's say. He's not actually family. processing anything yeah. here. At the train station, Phil almost leaves his father's book in the taxi. Waiting for their train, they stop into a small restaurant in the station. The kid asks for pie, and the waitress pointlessly asks what kind of pie, before admitting that they only have peach.
0: (laughs) Which isn't true, because she brings him blueberry with chocolate ice cream. I was like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Why would you bring him not what he ordered? I said
1: apple with vanilla ice cream. You didn't even get the right ice cream. You told me you only had a different kind of pie that we did not even bring up. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And none of this is relevant.
1: <laughs> Gloria orders their drinks, and then the, wait- the waitress comes back with just the drinks. And he says, hey, what happened to my pie? And she says, you want it? Yeah, I fucking want it. <laughs> <laughs> I went through the whole thing with you. You told me what you had. I ordered it. The lady paying said, fine. She didn't say no pie. What's your problem? <laughs> Instead, the kid just says, take a walk, emulating Gloria's curtness with people. Gloria notices a table surrounded by her quote-unquote friends across the restaurant and for some reason walks right up to them. She tries to deal with them discreetly but loses her patience when the fat mobster says that he can't agree to any deal without talking to their boss. She pulls a gun on them and tells them all to empty theirs into the purse on the table and then she backs away to her table as everyone in the restaurant just watches frozen at this crazed gunwoman. Phil asks what they're going to do now and Gloria knows full well that these men are just going to wait outside. So Phil drags her through this labyrinthian kitchen and into the neighboring bar. I'm not sure why this kid has any idea what the kitchen floor plan is.
0: Yeah.
2: Neither but, of them do. They're but the kid's like, no, no
1: no no, I, yeah. I know this I know a way out. And it's like, You've never been here before. For sure you've never been to this restaurant. Not it's neither it's in Gloria, a train station. You
2: know. She she's going through the kitchen just as blindly as he has. Yeah,
1: but she's not saying, This is the way, I know exactly which way to go.
2: They both did. They're like, No, it's this way. No, it's this way.
1: That's true but they end up coming out of the restaurant next door so that they can avoid these gunmen Uh, they head back to the fancy apartment again with the big round bed and in the morning when they leave she's so busy looking for gangsters she doesn't seem to even notice or care how far behind Phil is lagging at this point eventually the kid tells her that he thinks they should part ways and she calls his bluff I'm going to be in that bar and if you want to join me, fine after 30 seconds she loses her nerve and runs outside to look for the kid but he's gone she runs all over looking so for him so it's not a bluff <coughs> yeah right but she thought she was calling his bluff yeah she runs all over looking for him and eventually finds him on a stoop with friends clutching his book when he sees her he takes off running but he's collected very quickly by a couple mobsters and dragged into a building
0: And i'm assuming that his friends sold him out
1: yes
2: yeah I, and i think that his friends are associated with the mob. yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. and they probably told their kids hey if you see phil in the neighborhood you get him to come over to our house tell
2: us he's here yeah
1: so gloria enters the building and steps into their apartment swinging her gun around uh when a guy off to the side fires a magnum at her and misses she turns and just blows the guy away she pushes everyone up against a wall to disarm them and then she shoves them all in a bathroom before rushing out with phil again this whole bathroom full of people follows her out to the street as she's climbing into a cab and she turns to face him with the gun come on oh i'd love it come on don't hang back. I'd love it. Love it. Get in that cab. Come on. Gloria and the kid take the cab to the subway, and when she gets off the subway, Phil gets shoved back on by people boarding, and they're separated. She tells the kid to get off at 42nd Street, but he seems totally flabbergasted by these instructions, (laughs) even though he knows the blueprint to every train restaurant in town. (laughs) But he's just like, what do you, 42nd? I don't understand. I don't understand.
2: I took it to mean he couldn't really hear her.
1: But (laughs) he repeats 42nd.
2: Okay, maybe.
1: (laughs) Gloria jumps on another train to catch up with the kid and comes face to face with the gang again. She smacks the most annoying guy so that he'll hit her back and draw the attention of an intervening crowd. Long enough for her to draw her gun. And while she holds it on her, she backs off the subway car and again taunts these guys as she's leaving. Yeah.
0: Go ahead, try.
1: Love it. Okay. Okay. Sissies. You little woman beat ya. You huh? Your little tiny nothing. You punk.
0: I, I love the older guy of these two who's just like every time a gun gets pulled on him he's like oh christ (laughs) (laughs) not again he's so upset about the concept of being having a gun pointed at him but he's got no problem in pointing them at other people
1: the doors close in front of her and she and the kid escape to another hotel room gloria is starting to feel hopeless like this gang has eyes on every street corner there's a knock at the door and gloria pulls her gun again like it's nothing don't be scared i got my gun it's nothing for me to blow someone's brains out. I just hope it's someone I know. Turns out it's the bellman delivering flowers, but she scares him away with the gun.
2: I don't know why you answered the door here. Just don't, yeah, you don't answer have to do the that. door.
1: Just be like, no thanks, or leave him We're on the good. floor. Bye. Phil unpacks Gloria's clothes for her while they decide what their relationship to each other is going to be. Phil says that she's his mother, his father, his friend, even his girlfriend. She tells Phil to go to bed while she takes a bath, but instead of bathing, she leaves... But it seems like morning the next time we see her. Like she leaves the apartment and then it's daytime Mm -hmm. and she's buying donuts. And uh, a man she knows tries to stop her at the door, but she just knees him in the crotch. What's up? What's up with you, baby? Just leaving. (laughs) (laughs) He makes this awesome sound when he gets kneed. What's up? What's up with you, baby? Just leaving. He follows her to a cab where she gives the driver made up instructions. Uh, That's a one-way street. Oh, then go up another block. Gloria pretends that the man in the back seat is assaulting her. And when the driver asks what the hell's going on, the man in the back starts saying racist shit, which I, I love that she knew he was so stupid that he couldn't help <laughs> but say racist shit to this guy. And so then the driver just pulls over and he's like, get out, get out of the car. And while they're arguing, Gloria ducks out of the other side to run off again. She puts in a call from the hotel with Phil to an ex boyfriend named Tony. And Tony is basically the the head of this whole gang that's been after them.
0: The, the, there's a couple of weird things that happen in this movie. Uh, one of them is this scene where she's calling Tony and it's busy, and so she waits and then calls back. It's like, what is, what is
1: this? Is well,
2: that not like some sort of mob technique or something for screening your calls? <laughs> I, <don't> I, know. <laughs> I
1: assumed it was just that he's busy trying to find them right now. Yeah. And that he's on his phone constantly, and she's calling in to say, "Hey, I'll come to you right now."
0: It, it just seems like a weird way to delay the film. Yeah, and like 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 I said about like the cab holding on the cab, and all these like really gratuitous searching and frisking, like she goes through and frisks all three the people, people the yeah. and it doesn't like cut away or try to speed up the process yeah. it's like no we're, we're sitting here watching i was like she's done this like four or five times now yeah i think get it's that just, she
1: frisks people it's just supposed to extend the tension of the scene where you're like other people here have guns mm-hmm. hopefully nobody pulls one on her like it, it's just a time bomb you know but yeah she's talking to tony he seems fairly high up in this mafia family they've been evading she leaves the kid with a bunch of money and she says to stay at the hotel for three and a half hours She says, if she's not back by then, meet me at the train station in Pittsburgh. I love you, Gloria. I love you to death. Gloria takes a cab to Tony's place, and he invites her to take a seat at the table, but they're in the middle of a meeting, and they make her wait a bit. Eventually, Tony excuses himself from the meeting and sits with Gloria. Tony asks where the boy is, and he insists that he doesn't want to murder him. They just need the book. It's like, then you don't stop asking for the boy then. Just ask for the book if you don't want to kill him but she says he's on a boat to South America. She tells Tony accurately that the kid didn't see the murders because he was with her in her apartment. Tony laments that every time they try to talk to her, she pulls a gun, even though every time we've seen it happen, it's pretty clear that it was in self-defense because they always have their hands on guns. She describes the boy as a very smart, ingenious guy that I think is one of the greatest guys I ever slept with. It's another uncomfortable remark. She asks Tony to kill her quick if he's going to, and when she stands to leave... Someone steps in her way on the way to the elevator, so she shoots the guy. This is the the Mike Starr-esque big guy. And then she takes the elevator down while more goons break the windows and start shooting down the elevator shaft at her from above.
0: Why aren't they just going down the stairs? Yeah,
1: you clearly have people outside.
0: Yeah, because she had to go through all the security to get into the building.
1: Yeah. Back in Phil's hotel room, the phone is ringing. He was told not to answer the phone before she left, but he does. And the man on the other end of the phone claims to work at the hotel, and asks how long they'll be staying phil says two days and hangs up then he collects the money that gloria left him and he leaves we don't know how long she's been gone because we never see that clock in the room before he leaves i i thought it would have been good to at least show us that because he just fell asleep on the couch we don't know how long he's been sleeping for downstairs he asks the man at the desk to break the big bills that gloria left him and the man asks how he wants them broken up We can tell from this man's voice that he was the staff member who just called the room, so it wasn't bad guys. It was an actual hotel employee. Phil buys a train ticket to Pittsburgh, and he doesn't see her at the station outgoing, and when he gets there, she's not at the station either, so he assumes that she's dead. When he gets off the train in Pittsburgh, a businessman gloms onto him to see if he needs help, and he pretends he's totally fine, but in a needlessly roundabout way, he asks the man to name a nearby cemetery, which he does, Carson Memorial. even offers to drive the kid but phil insists on paying a taxi he uses gloria's words from the earlier cemetery scene wait for me i need to head back into town and the kid pays his taxi driver to wait but the taxi leaves anyway while phil is up there on the hill yeah Uh, he's saying his goodbyes to a random headstone and he says hey gloria i know you're dead i appreciate what you did or whatever and then a car pulls up to replace the taxi that left and an older woman gets out of the back and gloria's voice asks
0: aren't you going to kiss your grandmother
1: and Phil starts crying and running in slow motion down to Gloria. And then he jumps up to hug her and he pulls off her old lady wig as they embrace. So she yeah. could have been in she disguise. She could have
2: been disguised the whole time. You could have mm-hmm. had an old lady with a young blonde six-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Or
1: just a completely head shaved kid.
2: Yeah. It's very sick. The ending of this movie bothers me. <laughs> yeah. Because I thought it was sort of valiant of her to have gone in to bat for the kid with the mob mm-hmm. and distracted them long enough that he ended up getting away and he had grown up to the point where he acknowledged like look i'm on my own she's dead i get that i'm you know i'm the man now and i'm I'm gonna say goodbye yeah and, and, th- and then that's the end and i like that and then she showed up and i'm like oh well i guess okay
1: a lot of people think that This was like a studio-type situation where they were like, no, it needs to have a happier ending. And Casavetti's isn't that director. He doesn't let other people pick how his movie's going to end. And he's said in multiple interviews, like, no, I wasn't going to leave this kid alone. He's like six. He's a a child. I'm not going to leave him alone. He has Gloria, and he's fine at the end of the movie. Yeah. If he were older, maybe you could set it up as like, oh, he's his own man. He can take care of himself now. But we really don't have much evidence of that. When he runs out of Gloria's money, he's going to (laughs) die. (laughs) where these people are going to catch up with him because they've been very quick to follow him this whole time yeah
2: but i feel like he could get himself into protective custody at this point but Mm -hmm. either way i'm like i i don't know why we did all the things that we did to just have them end up together in a cemetery in pittsburgh at the end Mm -hmm. yeah it's like if she she could have waited yeah Pittsburgh. pittsburgh
1: they could have just waited five more hours for the police to clear the building and then gotten on a plane the next day yep And it's just like the end There's nobody's going to follow them. Nobody knows where they went. Nobody even knows that the kid and her are together.
0: And she loses her cat. (laughs) I thought that right at the beginning. (laughs) She never gets her cat back.
1: She traded her cat. She seems okay for a lover.
0: Whoa. Whoa. Hey, this is these are her (laughs) words. (laughs) Basically, both of their
1: words. (laughs) (laughs) Our writer director here was John Cassavetes. He played Victor Franco in The Dirty Dozen. He's Guy Woodhouse in Rosemary's Baby. He also uh, has directed many movies, Minnie and Moskowitz, The Killing of a Chinese Bookie, Husbands. Costume designer Peggy Farrell here just worked on our previous Julie Carman title, Night of the Juggler. Julie Carmen was Jerry Dawn, that's the mother of the child. Uh, we had her last as Maria in Night of the Juggler. She'll also play Nancy Mondragon in the Milagro Beanfield War. Regine Dandridge in Fright Night Part 2. Gina Bayworth in Paint It Black. But most importantly, she's Linda Stiles in In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah. And she also follows us on Twitter. So if you're listening, hello! Buck Henry was Jack Don. He has character credits for the the Nude Bomb earlier this year because he was one of the creators of Get Smart. And he wrote and starred in Catch-22. He's wrote and starred in The Graduate. And he's Dick Lemon, Liz's father on 30 Rock. John Adams, or... Juan Adams was filled on. He's not in much else, and he won a Razzie for this. Tom Noonan was one of the gangsters in the building. He played A Man in the Park in Willie and Phil earlier this year, and he'll be back for Heaven's Gate later this year, and Wolfen next year. He's also Kane in Robocop 2, Ripper in Last Action Hero, and everybody in Anomalisa. Ronald McCone played Third Man Gangster. He's Ronnie in Goodfellas and Wise Guy Jerry in Casino. Gina Rollins is like fourth or fifth credited and she's the title character she was gloria swenson she's ali calhoun the older version of rachel mcadams in the notebook which was directed by nick cassavetes son of john and her they're married gina rollins and john cassavetes she's also mabel longetti in a uh, woman under the influence
2: i do think she got top billing at the, at the head of the film though yes, yes she did
1: yeah. jc quinn played riverside drive man number four he plays Jim in Barfly, he's Sonny Dawson in The Abyss, and he's Duncan in Maximum Overdrive. Ray Baker was assistant bank manager. He plays McLean in Total Recall, Mr. Kelso in Rain Man, and Adman in Chud. When does Chud come out? <laughs> We're going to have to review that movie. Santos Morales played the New York Cemetery cabbie. He was Paolo in Defiance and the police captain in Exterminator earlier this year. And he makes an appearance in Three Amigos, Back to School, Scarface, and Summer Rental. John Finnegan was Frank. He's the voice of Warren T. Rat in An American Tale. He's the watch commander in Last Action Hero. He's the Hoover Dam Guide in Vegas Vacation. He plays Sam Simpson in The Natural. And he's a casino clerk in Little Miss Marker earlier this year. He's the guy that's running the roulette table probably. Right. Because I think that was all they had. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and and he's the guy who like i think at the end says call me the next time you got like the yeah. thing going down <laughs>
1: it's just like oh sorry your casino got bankrupt and it's opening night see you next time lawrence tierney played the broadway bartender he plays joe cabot and reservoir dogs he's john dillinger in the 45 dillinger he plays elaine's father on seinfeld in one episode and he was so scary he was not invited back <laughs> in 1977 he was in a movie called bad where his credit was O'Reilly O'Crapface, which was my nickname in high school. <laughs> Val Avery played Syl. He was Henry in Magnificent Seven, Sergeant Frido in Amityville Horror, Chief Hallowell in Cobra, Trafficant in Donny Brasco, and Wendell in Brubaker earlier this year. Did you say
2: Traffic Ant?
1: Traffic ant. For some reason, I haven't typed all one word Traffic Ant. I don't know if that's a typo or what. Like
2: an ant in traffic?
1: directing like, traffic you know like a traffic ant you never seen one of those because answer they can hold a sign that's a hundred <laughs> times their own weight
2: what are you talking about
1: i don't know it says traffic ant in my notes <laughs> <laughs> all, all one word with a k or with a c <laughs> with a c traffic ant are you a traffic can or a traffic ant what does it look like i'm directing traffic and i'm an ant <clears throat> yeah i like this movie uh i like the character of gloria i especially liked that i I feel like the moment of the whole movie is when the car full of mobsters pulls up and she all of a sudden is just firing the gun into the car
2: yeah it's definitely the moment that she switches to being sort of all in here yeah yeah i i like i like the premise a lot it was long it was too long it was almost two hours, and it didn't need to be.
1: It takes a lot of redundant turns. It like does. After forty-eight hours, somehow they're back in one of the houses right. that they were staying in. Yeah, I still here. don't understand whose house that is. <laughs> um, but the and but
0: again, the mobsters know to call there. Right. And it's like if you're calling there, why not just go Check there? there?
2: Yeah. It's. I, yeah. I, I I had some problems with the movie, but overall, I liked it. I think. I think that I just there's some stuff I would have tightened it up a little bit. I, I, the kid was a little strange for me. I think.
1: I think he's traumatized. I think he's trying to play traumatized.
2: Oh, see, so yeah, are we are we switching around here? Yeah, like because from- Ricky
1: Schroeder. Uh, I'm not blaming Ricky Schroeder. That was the director's <laughs> fault in the Earthling, that he's not a believably bereaved child.
2: Yeah, but I don't feel like this kid is super believable. Like his.
1: He his- seems like he just doesn't have any emotional reaction he doesn't everything. have
2: any emotional reaction and as a six-year-old like i don't think you're that hardened that you don't have a reaction to your family dying i
1: didn't take it as a, as a hardening as much as like that he's kind of in shock still but yeah, he shouldn't be in shock for but a he's, whole week
2: but, but being that much in shock he is weirdly on the ball and aggressive about the choices that are being made
1: yeah that's true
0: i, I feel like i know this is a question that we i think we asked ourselves for another movie are there no rental cars in 1980? Right. <laughs> Just rent a car. And get the hell
2: and get out, of out of I
1: account. don't think people did that in New York. I don't think people do that now in New York.
2: Maybe she doesn't know how to drive.
0: Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, because it's like, it's like getting on a train it seems to be the only way out of New York City. It's like, no, there's...
1: There's airports, there's too. boats. They're not like contacting the FAA and, to well, stop Gloria and this And I kid. realize
2: that the mob has arms everywhere and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I feel like just keep going like just don't stop don't stop at all these hotels don't stop at these friends houses don't stop anywhere just you get on the L or it's not the L in New York you, you you get on the subway and you just go until you can go no more and you get another line and you just go until you get no more you get in somewhere in New Jersey and then get on a plane and yeah. then get mm-hmm. on you know just get out of town and then get on a plane and get further out of town
1: yeah if you want to like a movie even less than this, Check out 1999's Gloria, <laughs> starring Sharon Stone, oh. where she's crying and scared and panicking the whole time and literally doesn't shoot a single person.
2: What The, the whole appeal of this movie is to have a be a badass woman, mm-hmm. take charge, and get things done. And, yeah. and to not really care much about the kid in any way. So, like, you took the, the best part of this concept and threw it out the window for that one?
1: Right. As she fires a gun... Toward a person as a warning. She fires a warning shot, but the only people that die, she's not even trying to kill them. They die in car accidents chasing her.
0: And Sharon Stone's no slouch. No, she's like, not. Like, and
1: Sydney I, Lamette directed it. Yeah. So well, it's not we've like, already had yeah. a
0: Sydney Lamette disaster. I don't this think year.
1: <laughs> just tell me what you want is a fair depiction of his entire filmography but i would say I'm just saying. neither is this other <laughs> movie but
0: also in just tell me what you want she beats the hell out of a guy with that's her
1: yeah that's true
2: so she's a strong woman takes no prisoners yeah
1: she had more to do there than sharon stone had to do in 1999's gloria up or down jess
2: uh i'm gonna give an up overall i liked it i thought it was an interesting movie i think the acting choices are interesting for both characters even yeah. though the kid is a little odd for me
1: fine he deserved the Razzie. are you happy no
2: i don't think he deserved a Razzie. <laughs> um it just didn't feel like a natural reaction
1: to no me. i agree
2: but i think i think i think it's an interesting movie i give it an up
1: yeah um I'm, I'm also gonna give it an up because gloria is a cool enough character to make this movie on her own it doesn't matter how the kid is performing just the fact that she's a part of this mob already by having had this relationship with the the head of it and that she's willing to turn on it for a stranger yeah who she doesn't even necessarily like like she says that multiple times over the course of the movie i don't like him yeah and i don't think she's lying when she says that that she doesn't like the kid she would rather not be around him but she cares about him
2: you know one of the other things that i actually really love about this movie is you know not only is she sort of this badass woman that doesn't have any maternal instinct whatsoever right but she's she's an older woman and like she's the main character of this movie, and she's awesome, and and it's an older woman, and and we make no, we don't we don't point this out in any way. It's yeah. not a, it's not it's not a, a point to the story. It just is a fact.
1: But I think she also like to speak to your point about the opening credits that the wardrobe gets uh, call out in the first few names. Yeah, is because in addition to being this older woman who doesn't really care about a lot of stuff, she does care about her appearance. She does care about the way she dresses. Like she packs like, outfits that look nice when she's out on the street (laughs) and she changes every time
2: and in the scene when she's going to go take a bath she tells the kid hang up all my dresses i want to steam them you know so when she's taking a bath she wants to to press the dresses in the steam Mm -hmm. which i just love because the kid also just then goes and does it yeah i know what you're saying yeah we hang this stuff up we get it pressed it's nice (laughs) but i
1: just like that she she in in the midst of this chaos that she cares that much about her personal appearance because it's just a thing for her that she actually cares about oh you know what the other the other point i was going to make was the first time that they stopped to sleep it's in the middle of the day when they when they stop at that really nice hotel room like they just got out of their building mm-hmm. and they go to this hotel room with the big round bed and they sleep in the middle of the day for a few hours and it's mm-hmm. like why are we sleeping already yeah we could be getting so much distance between ourselves and everything that's going wrong for us
0: you should have slept in
1: the apartment you were in already yeah and then gone out yeah <laughs> just sleep through the police knocking on your door. They're not going to bust in cuz they have no idea the kids there. Richard, up or down?
0: Uh, it's a it's a hesitant down for me. Okay. Um I I did l- I did like aspects of it. It it just moved a little too slow. It's going to be above the window threshold. Okay. Uh so I I liked it enough to do that. Overall, I I just wanted more. And and I really got invested when she opened up on that car, like you said. It was like, yeah. "Okay,
1: yeah all right you think it's going to be a shootout for the whole rest of the movie
0: yeah uh or or at least but then it's just like we go here and we go here and we go here and we go here and it's like and then i frisk a bunch of people it's like come on get them you know and she does shoot a couple other guys right but but i i needed i needed more and i needed the kid to be smarter
1: yeah i know he's a kid yeah yeah but if if you're gonna base so much of the movie around the relationship between these two characters they should both be decent actors mm-hmm. and they should have some sort of an emotional connection that you can feel watching yeah. the movie and they don't
2: yeah this movie really needs a remake but not the ones that yeah i feel like no <laughs> one's
1: gonna remake it now because of how badly it was done before um but see i feel like leon is that's true. If you're going to remake it, just do it as different characters. Yeah,
0: because
2: Leon- I haven't actually seen that movie, so. Oh, okay. It, it's, it's,
0: it's, v- it's very similar in that the mob takes out a family of people who are, who've are who betrayed the mob. Yeah. And the one kid gets away, and they're looking for them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And he protects her. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is, that, and I, I'm sure that's a great movie, and I'd love to watch it. I want it to be a badass chick that doesn't give a shit about kids. Right, I think that is the element of this movie that is most interesting. So although I'm sure that's a really well-made version of the story, it it misses that key element for me.
1: Leon kind of flips it that the girl is the streetwise one, whereas in this story, obviously, Gina Rollins is the one who knows these people Mm -hmm. and knows what, what they're up against, and the kid is just kind of like, I don't get it. What's happening? But also the difference with Leon is that they lean even more heavily on it being almost a relationship between the two Mm -hmm. characters which is gross and also i'm pretty sure luke basson just took it from this because he has like a a pretty well documented history of Mm -hmm. borrowing plots from movies um but that is a better movie in the long run Mm -hmm. um and obviously gary oldman as the head of the people trying to kill everybody is sounds great we should watch this letterboxd
2: i have it in 58th place It is just above Urban Cowboy and just below Saturn 3.
1: All right. Richard, what are you thinking? Uh,
0: I have it just below Urban Cowboy. (laughs) All right. We
2: agree. It is somewhere around Urban Cowboy. (laughs) Yeah.
0: uh, I have it in uh, 61st place. So just below Urban Cowboy and just above Cruising.
1: I have it in 41st place which is just below the Big Red One and just above Urban Cowboy. All
0: right. So we all
1: have it right around Urban Cowboy. I can't put it under Urban Cowboy is why it's there. <laughs> like,
0: like, there's,
1: a, there's a big opening between Big Red One and Urban Cowboy for me. There my is,
2: and a lot of movies are just going <laughs> to slot right in there. Yeah.
1: I think that's everything for this one. If you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, we're Vintage Video Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd, Whereas I've said before, you can find each of our full movie rankings for the year. We can also be found at VintageVideoPodcast.com Please consider rating us on iTunes to help people find the show and if you take the time to leave us a review we will thank you personally in an upcoming episode. If you're feeling especially generous you can also support the show through Patreon.com slash VintageVideoPodcast And on that note, I'd like to send a shout out to the Shocked and Applaud podcast who left us a very nice iTunes review. If you're not already listening, you might recognize the name from a promo we ran in our recent Without Warning episode but they're a great show and I'm sure you will enjoy them if you enjoy us. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time when we'll be discussing Coast to Coast, which IMDb describes like so. A wealthy, neurotic woman escapes from a New York mental asylum and hitches a ride back to California with a moody, down-on-his-luck cowboy trucker. we we'll leave you now with a trailer for Coast to Coast.
2: Hi, gang. Robert Blake here.
1: It's always been my ambition to work in a
2: genteel, elegant film. <laughs> That'll be my next movie. But in Coast to Coast, Diane Cannon and me are up to our
1: bananas in trouble. It ain't nothing but a riot. So if you want to have a good time, go see Coast to Coast.